Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting his kingdom. Our service times are Sunday at 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. Today's message is part three. Life is meaningless without God. Here's Pastor Philip Thomas. Well, I, I asked and mentioned last week um, whether I should go get an x-ray or not, and I did. And the doctor did say it wasn't broken, but he said that as he came in and he hadn't, he had just looked at the x-rays and then he looked at my hand and he was like, I'm going to go look again at the x-rays to make sure. And uh, he said, no, sure enough, you got lucky. It's not broken. But I think it's more sore today than it was last week. So I, I don't know if he knows what he's talking about. But so, so I guess I shouldn't have gone and got an x-ray because they just told me that it wasn't broken. So it, it confirmed my, my bias. Um, against wanting to go to the doctors, but uh, I have to overcome that at certain times. So, <laughs> but uh, we, uh, I hope that I do hope that you've had a had a good week. Um, you know, we we're talking about the book of Ecclesiastes, and the more that we're getting into to this book, the more I feel that it relates to what's going on now. I mean, it, it, and it always has. Um, but it's, I think it's so important for us to kind of understand what the book of Ecclesiastes is trying to tell us. Um, and, and the ironic thing is, is the, uh, you know, whenever the book was written, clearly the author was kind of in a bummed out mood, right? Like, like he, he starts to say positive things and then he has to like, okay, yeah, that's true. But man, life is still meaningless, right? So he's, he's in a rough spot when he's uh, writing this. Um, but the ironic thing is, is if we will start looking and understanding life as it really is, which that's what Ecclesiastes is trying to get us to do, if we will do that, then it frees us up to actually experience joy and have happiness in life. So uh, kind of taking a, a dark look at the reality of life actually gives us the uh, capacity to experience joy and happiness in life. And, uh, and, and I think that's what the book of Ecclesiastes is trying to do. So we're going to be in chapter 3 today. And this is um, one of the um, places in Ecclesiastes that, that people are familiar with. You know, it, it, like I said, whenever we started, Ecclesiastes is one of those books that most people have not read all the way through, but you know certain thoughts from it. Well, chapter 3 has one of those, uh, those thoughts and kind of uh, in a little, little section here. And so it, it's going to be familiar to you. But what, what it really, uh, chapter 3, what it really does is it kind of looks at life from two different perspectives. A big perspective and then a small perspective. And we've talked about that before, but it's so important. And it, it's very important for us to understand the big picture of things, and then kind of the day-to-day -day things. And we do this in all of life, uh, whether you realize it or not. You know, I can remember preparing for football games, and what coaches do is they come up with a game plan. It's a big picture, right? They want to run the ball on offense. They want to make them run the ball on defense or whatever it is. It's kind of an overarching principle. But then you also have to prepare and know what to do on each individual play, right? To make that big picture happen. This happens in business all of the, all the time. 
is, is business and corporations and many will hire consultants and things like that to come in. What is our overall purpose? What is our overall mission? And, and more than just to make money, but it's kind of, okay, what is, what is our corporation? What is our business going to be? And then there's the, okay, now how do we make that happen? The day-to-day things. And the reality is if you want to be a really good employee, start understanding the overall uh, vision of, the, of what the company's trying to do and then understand how can I actually help that, right? You know, that, that's what they, I think would really benefit a lot of people if you realized how your company made money, how they profited, and so be thinking about that in the way that you then go about your job because then you're helping your overall company. But, uh, but So it's understanding there's a big picture to things and then there's a small picture. And we do it in all of life and it's the same thing uh, when it comes to faith. We need to understand there's a big picture here but then there's also our day-to-day living and we need to understand both of those. So as we read Ecclesiastes chapter 3, Let's, let's think about those two, uh, those two thoughts, the, the big picture of life and then the small picture. So Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and tie, to get, tie together the, and time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden that God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so people will fear him. Whatever is has already been, and what will be has been before. And God will call the past to account. And I saw something else under the sun. In the place of judgment, wickedness was there. In the place of justice, wickedness was there. I said to myself, God will bring into judgment both the righteous and the wicked. For there will be a time for every activity, a time to judge every deed. We're going to stop there. Now, there's some pretty powerful stuff here. And even the writer kind of changes his cadence, right? There's a, a time to live, a time to die. And, it, and it's these mirror images of each other. Clearly what he's doing is he's giving a big picture, right? And, uh, and, and whenever I uh, heard this, one of the things that came into my head, and I don't even know why, because this is not something that interests me, um, but um, ha- have you ever seen a tapestry or know what a tapestry is? I basically kind of know what a tapestry is. I don't know if I've ever seen one. I've never been emotionally affected by a tapestry. Right? But I got on YouTube and I started looking at tapestry. 
And, uh, and I want this is just a quick video. This is um, a, uh, from Sterling Castle um, over in Europe somewhere. Um, the, there was a series of seven tapestries, and these are not Christian by any means, but there's seven tapestries that were in Sterling Castle. And they uh, worked to recreate and to, to remake these tapestries. And it took them, I mean, and this is, it, this is in modern times, but they kind of made them basically like, you know, you would make a tapestry 500 years ago. It took them 13 years to complete these tapestries. Now, I don't know about you, that, that's fairly incredible. Because like from a, from a di- distance, you can't tell that this is just thousands and thousands of individual little threads. And I don't even know what the right terms are to use from that. You know, that, that's a, a loom of some sort and they're, they're using all, all of this. I mean, they're, they're getting eyes and they're getting shady. I mean, all of this stuff. And it's all thread and it's take years, right, in modern times to do that. Imagine doing that 500 years ago, right? course you didn't have anything else to do right like, there wasn't anything on netflix you know so so it was a little easier to stay focused but but i, I started thinking about that and as i read especially that this first part of of ecclesiastes and and it's it's talking about you know a time to die a time to live a time to die a time to, a time to plant a time to uproot it's describing the tapestry of life that life is like a tapestry it's filled with all kinds of things and we're in different seasons and in different times in our life and the big picture is that god has this beautiful tapestry of our life and the, the the small picture is that we get caught up in the one thread that's happening in a one season of our life and we think that's what's going to define our whole life that's not it at all that's just part of the tapestry and those threads in our life, they are up and they are down, right? Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but that is part of life. And guess what? There is nothing that you can do about it, right? We spend so much time and energy thinking that we can minimize the difficult times and the bad days, right? And, uh, you know, I mean, we even talk about well, you just got up on the wrong side of the bed today, right? Well, no, maybe it's just a bad day, right? Because bad days happen and bad times in our life happen. But then also good times in our life happen and good days in our life happen. But what we tend to do is we focus on the negative ones and we think that there's probably more of those than good ones because that's what we remember. And this is, you know, done. They... There's and, and kind of some scary things, and this was done for uh, in relation to pastors, and uh, said that uh, pastors that you can get twenty compliments. It was something like this. It was something like uh, fifteen to twenty compliments, and if there's one negative, that's what you remember, and that's what you focus on. And I, as I reflect and I think back to things that we've done in churches and things like that, and even in talking about church strategy, we base decisions on those few negatives many times. Right? Oh, that one person was offended because of this. Maybe we need to change. We don't think about the fact 
that 90% of people were just fine with it. Right? Well, we do that kind of in our life. Is it so often we just focus on those negative things and then we put a lot of attention on, okay, how can I avoid those negative things? And that's okay to a certain degree. We need to do that. You know, I mean, if it's obvious things that you can do to change your life, to make it more positive, that's fine. But we, we need to remember that part of the tapestry of our life includes difficult and negative times. And you cannot avoid that. And if you think you can, you are going to be more miserable. Right? And, and, I, and I love the picture that Ecclesiastes is given. It's talk, it talks about that there is a season for everything. Right? That there, and, and if you look back at your life, you're going to see that. Right? And everything is funny because that's everything kind of goes in those cycles. Businesses think about it this way. There's certain seasons you, you, you have down times. You for sure see this in churches, right? You, you, uh, you build up, um, you know, you start the year, you build up to Easter, and then you know that after Easter you're going to kind of be up here for a minute, and then summer hits and you're going to go, whoo, you know. And then you, you build up for the start of school and you hope that it comes back and you hang on and you get a little bump at, at the holidays and at the first of the year you kind of go down and then you build up for Easter, right? It, it's a seasonal thing. And that's the same thing in our lives as well, is that we go through seasons of life and that's okay, right? That's part of understanding the big picture. And as we do that, we need to be seeking the wisdom to know what time of life you're in, okay, what is going on, right? And if, if, if you're in a joyful time, celebrate that and have a wonderful time during that. Think about, okay, what, what are we doing in our life that's helping the, this, that's contributing to this? Then when you're having difficult times, sometimes it's very obvious, right? Sometimes you're, you're mourning the loss of someone. Sometimes it's because you're going through an illness. Sometimes it's, it's an outside influence that you know is there. Sometimes it's just like, man, things just don't feel right. Well, understand, okay, that's, that's okay. That's part of it. But you know what? There's an end to every season. And every season will change. That's part of life. And understanding that and having the wisdom to know, okay, is... Is what I'm going through right now self-inflicted or world-inflicted is very important, right? Because if it's self-inflicted, you can do something about that, right? How many people get into really low points in their life and from the outside you can see, yeah, because it's, you're smoking way too much pot, right? Or whatever it is. I don't know, you know. You know, you, you, from the outside we see, yeah, there's a reason. Well, that's one of the things we need to understand this big picture of life so that we can sometimes take a step back and look at our lives and say, okay, is, are these things that I'm causing myself or is this just part of life, right? And, and so understanding that big picture. One thing I do want to just hit on specifically because I don't think this was meant to go through each of these, a time to do this and a time to do that, and kind of look, okay, this, this means this in my life and this. It, it's more giving a broad picture, right? And, uh, but there is one aspect that is very important, and it's the very first one. There is a time to be born, and there is a time to die. Okay? 
That's, that's not alluding to anything. That's not metaphorical language. That is reality. There is a beginning to life and there is an end to life. And one thing that we do really poorly as a society is think about and deal with end of life and the reality of end of life. And, and now I'm not one that thinks that you should be thinking about that all time, every day. You know, that's, that's not it. But it is amazing how many families that I have entered into and talked to. I mean, I did 30, 40 funerals when I was in Cisco. Um, my first pastorate of people that I didn't even know. You know, it was just, and it was very interesting. But you would have people who were completely broken up. And I mean, life kind of falling apart, which it's always difficult to lose someone. I'm not minimizing that. But they would be falling apart because their great-grandmother of 95 had passed away. And you're like, okay, it is very sad that she is not there. And that's a hole that will be left in your life forever. But we're going to die. That, that, that can be kind of harsh, right? But that is the truth. And I think sometimes we live our lives, we don't even want to think about it. And so we think, man, we can just keep getting better and we can just keep getting stronger. And I mean, there's scientists that are working on this, right? Of how do we, how do we push back aging, all of this stuff? I'm sorry, but life does have an end. And we need to, to be prepared for that. And, and, and the reason that it's hard is because sometimes that comes up and it just slaps us in the face, that reality, right? Whenever we have someone who's way too young who passes away. And so then we experience that. We're like, man, I don't even want to think about death or anything. And, and man, those are tragedies, right? But it does remind us that there is a beginning and an end. And we really, we don't know where that end is going to be, right? Now, again, this is a big picture. This is important to understand. We shouldn't, we shouldn't delve into thinking about and understanding end-of-life stuff just to make us miserable. No, we should do it so that we understand reality. Because understanding the big picture then moves to helping us deal with the smaller picture. And the smaller picture, I, I think, it, that is seen here um, is, is seen in... And, and, and you definitely have to explain this, but the phrase that came to my mind was carpe diem, seize the day. Right, did y'all, uh, and man, this is such an old movie now, but Dead Poet Society, y'all remember? It, it, it's a good movie, right? And, and there's this scene where, uh, you know, all the students at this, uh, you know, boys uh, high school, uh, and they're all out in the courtyard, and Robin Williams is the, is the teacher, and he's, he's going by and they're, they're looking at all these pictures of heroes and, and uh, you know, a very important people, something like that. I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering some of this scene. But, uh, but basically he's talking about them and, uh, you know, saying, well, what would they be telling you, you know, as they're looking back? And, and the guys are kind of there and, and he's walking around and he just keeps saying, carpe diem, seize the day, take advantage. And, and basically the point is, here are these guys, they're no longer here. They are dead. They did some wonderful things, right? And, and what they would probably be telling you is to seize the day. Take advantage of the days that you have, right? And, uh, and you, the, 
the important part of this is it matters how we go about seizing the day. Right? That does matter. And that we do that, and that's what Ecclesiastes is about, is how do we engage life in a godly way and not doing it in a worldly way. Because sometimes you can see that, that phrase, seize the day, and if, if the worldly definition of how you seize the day is, is what comes, which basically means go and get as much as you can, as fast as you can, and do what you want, uh, you know, whatever makes you feel, feel good, do it. If that's your definition of how to seize the day, well, you're going to end up being miserable. But it also is important that I think that God wants us to seize the day, right? And this is, this is really interesting. There in verse uh, 13, says, or in verse 12, it says, I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. Isn't that, that's, that's pretty powerful. He's, he's talking about all this meaningless stuff going oh, down, no. and then he says, I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. And then he says, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. That's a phrase that, uh, that God would want us to eat and drink and find satisfaction. That kind of makes us cringe. If you kind of a, have an old school view of, of how Christianity many times has been portrayed, eat, drink, and be merry, right? That's like, oh, no, we don't do that. What are you talking about? But here, the writer, he's saying that, we, that uh, each of them may eat, drink, and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift. From God. Right? Now again, this has to be couched in how we're living our life and how we're focused, right? And that we're not just collecting stuff to collect stuff, that we're not trying to find meaning in all the stuff that we collect. But I think it is very important for us to understand and to know that God desires for us to be happy. He wants us to enjoy life. He doesn't want you to be miserable. Right? And, and I, I think sometimes what we've done, sometimes unintentionally, is that we've created this picture, and, and many times it's been presented as such, is that Christians are people who just don't have fun. They just don't know how to have fun. Right? It's because they just follow all these rules and that keeps them from having having fun. Whatever you know, the, you know, whatever you're wanting to do, you know, the Christians will say you don't do that, right? And 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 that is a lie straight <laughs> from the world that is trying to do things that are going to make us more miserable, right? And and but I I think where we've messed up as Christians is we've sometimes doubled down with our rules and saying how important our rules are. And sometimes we've even gotten to the point that says, you know what, what we're going to do is we're just going to convince people of how important it is to follow the rules so that they'll follow the rules. Maybe we should be saying, okay, listen, I know that the world has this plan for how you be happy and find meaning. Here's, here's the world's plan. I have lots of evidence that it doesn't work. All right? Here's God's plan, not for 
teaching you how to follow the rules. But here's God's plan for how you can be happy and enjoy life. Because God does desire that for you. He desires for you to enjoy life. But it's a different plan. It means that sometimes we restrain from things that are unhealthy. Right? And sometimes we recognize things that may seem to be healthy on the outside really in the long term aren't. So we choose so that we can really be happy to avoid that. And does that sometimes seem like a, a dogmatic rule? I guess it can seem that way. But if you're doing it so that you can be truly happy, doesn't that make sense? Right? And I think so often that if we're not careful as Christians, we can even get into this place where we think, you know, I read all these passages about how blessed are the persecuted, you know, how blessed are those who mourn. And, and so are we supposed to be really somber and are we supposed to kind of be in a state of, of mourning and, and all of this all the time? No. Guess what? The tapestry of life means that there's going to be times that you're persecuted. The tapestry of life means there's going to be times that you're in mourning. The tapestry of life means that there's going to be times that you are uh, going through difficult, uh, difficult circumstances. But that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy and be happy in the midst of life because you are seizing the day whether things are going good or whether things are going bad. And by seizing the day, that means you are engaging life in a way that God created you to engage life in. Which does mean there's some parameters. But man, we need to understand the big picture that God does want you to enjoy life. I think people, and man, there's a passage later in Ecclesiastes that talks about the joy of drinking wine. <laughs> right? I, think, I, I do think that sometimes when it, whenever you say that God wants you to be happy and enjoy uh, you know, your, your labor, enjoy your toil, it specifically says that, right? That sometimes we get nervous as Christians. Oh, are, well, are we doing things right? I thought, you know, does, if you're doing it the way that God has set out for you to do, then yeah, you're doing it right. Jesus said, I have come to make your joy complete, right? He wants us to be joyful, and he wants us to be happy, understanding that not all of life is going to make you happy. But you can still have a different perspective on it. You know, I, it, is, it is so important that we grab and understand that reality. Because, listen, the world is negative enough. Right? People don't need to then see Christians being always down in the dumps about where life is and about where things are going, you know, and, and complaining about their life, complaining about their boss, all of this stuff. We need to present a different perspective, right? We need to be seizing the day. And I, and this is a, and I, and I've wrestled with this thought, but if you're not happy in life, in general, right? Then it's because something's off with your relationship with God. Right? And we, man, we don't like to hear that, right? But it's the reality. 
Because, of, and, and again, this doesn't mean that everything's going to be great. doesn't mean you're always going to feel good. But if you're always anxious, if you're always, uh, you know, negative, if you're always down. Now, there could be, I'm not minimizing, there could be medical things going on. That's a possibility. But if not, if you're never, if you're just not able to enjoy life, then man, something's off in your relationship with God. You're not to the point where you're starting to have the perspective of life that God has. And it doesn't mean that you're not saved. It doesn't mean that you don't love God. It doesn't mean that you're not even trying to love God. You may be trying, but you haven't gotten to that point where you've started to see the world as God sees the world and understand the world from his perspective. And so if you find yourself in kind of a continuous place where you're just miserable, man, step back. Say, wait, why am I not able to seize the day? Why am I not able to enjoy, you know, life? Even, even the difficulty. And he even says, he still uses the word, that we are happy in our toil, <laughs> right? So like our work, there's an element of toil to our work, which toil is not easy. Right? That's a difficult thing. But we find joy in it. We can find happiness in it, even though it's difficult, even though it's challenging, and even though it may not be the job you need to be in. You may need to be in another one. But while you're in the one you are, somehow we need to say, okay, wait, what, there's going to be some positive for this. And it may simply be, man, this is building a lot of character in me so that I'll be prepared for that next job. Right? But it is so important that we realize that God does want you to be happy and to enjoy life. Make sure that you're developing your relationship with him each and every day so that you start seeing and understanding the world as he does. The big picture of it, that there's a time to be born, there's a time to die, there's seasons of life, and then engage each and every day because your life is a beautiful tapestry and it's made up of all kinds of things. And then what's really awesome is that your tapestry then is part of a much broader tapestry of all people coming together. And it's a beautiful picture that God is working on and it includes the ups and the downs. And man, if we will seize the day and have that perspective, I believe that we can find happiness and enjoyment and purpose in all that we do. Let's go to him in prayer. Thank you for listening to Journey Elgin. Come check us out. We're located at 1221 North Avenue C, Elgin, Texas, 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org or call us at 512-661-8411. That's 512-661-8411. We hope to see you soon and may God bless you.